Welcome to Our Soul, a podcast by Kelly Fox and Terry Williams from the Ohio Religious Coalition for Reproductive Choice. So today we have a special guest with us. Stephanie Craddock Sherwood is the executive director of Women Have Options Ohio, Ohio's statewide abortion fund. Steph, do you want to give us just a a little hi there and hello and uh, tell our listeners who you are? Hi, uh, I'm Steph Sherwood, like Terry said, uh, they, them pronouns, and I uh, I do, I, I have the pleasure of running uh, Ohio Statewide Abortion Fund. Um, and we, we've been around since 1992, and we're, we're getting close to our 30th birthday. Um, <laughs> and we... We hustle to make sure that people can make it to their appointments. Uh, we have a helpline and a uh, and we also provide block grants to clinics. Um, yeah, to help provide people the support they need. So so when you say block grants and transportation, you, you mean financing all of the elements of abortion access, right? So like, yeah, essentially, whatever it takes for people to be able to access, which is it the list is so long <laughs> um it's you know we've we've done everything from i mean we we mostly work by helping people uh pay the rest of their bill mm-hmm. um whether that's you know through the clinic or they call us directly um and one of our wonderful uh case managers uh essentially kind of walks them through the process um and helps them in whatever ways they need but like we've you know we've fixed flat tires we've uh we babysit we have helped people access ids because you need an id um and not everybody has one um we provide hotels or transportation or drive them ourselves mm-hmm. um whatever it takes to make sure that they get safely to the to the clinic and back and on top of all of that you you also do a tremendous amount of resource connection is what what i call it because when i have questions about abortion access and about related procedures like y'all are the first people i turn to i'm like i don't know but we're gonna call who because i'm sure who knows what about this (laughs) you know like it's um i the transportation piece you know i for those who aren't aware i live in appalachia and you know who really pulls through for folk in this region who need that extra help to be able to get to two and a half three hours away to where the clinics are because there aren't any clinics down here right like we we have to travel um and so many people don't think about those those related expenses that are extra hurdles above and beyond the hurdles that are already in place because we know there are lots of obstacles in Ohio. And just because you have the legal right to abortion in Ohio does not mean that it's like easily accessible for Mm -hmm. the people who would need them. Um, And that's, I mean, that's one of the reasons why uh, I think the work of who is just really important. And I'm, you know, proud to be (laughs) a board member at um, who. Um, one reason why we wanted to have you on this week is because a couple of weeks ago, for those of y'all who are, you know, keeping track of our podcast episodes, um, we were talking about the connections between abortion and abolition, 
Um, we talk a lot about abolition and transformative justice and all of that on this podcast and um, especially with the book club that we had in the spring and then the book club that's starting, um, we're recording this on Monday the 26th, so it's starting tomorrow, um, but uh, we are having a book club that's focused just on abolition. And so um, I wanted to just chat with you about the the connections that you see with uh, the work that Who does and uh, the work for abolition and how you see those two things um, as related. I think of abolition and in kind of a, a much broader context about, mm-hmm. uh, about you, know, you know, stigma and about like, you know, how systems trap people's bodies. Yeah. Like um, engage people's bodies, um, not just physical cages, but uh, how they control, right? Like, yeah. um, you know, and a lot of the, a lot of the work that who does is responding to the systems and trying to like work to make sure that those systems harm the least amount of people as possible. Um, honestly, we're a band aid, right? Yeah. Um, we hope that at one at one at some point. Um, we don't have to exist because people can access the care that they need for their bodies, um, whatever care they need, uh, not just abortion and birth control access, um, you know, without the help of a nonprofit organization. Um, additionally, like, you know, we, we also do work with another uh, kind of Band-Aid organization, but uh, in very much the context of abolition, um, an abolitionist organization called the uh, Central Ohio Freedom Fund. We are the fiscal sponsors. What they do is they're Central Ohio's bail fund. And as a bail fund and an abortion fund, we do very mm-hmm. similar work. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it's whatever it takes to like, you know, help a person, like, you know, help as many people possible and not to be harmed by these systems or be harmed less because they're mm-hmm. already, everybody's already harmed by these systems and especially the people who are targeted. Um, so our work is to respond to systems and eventually like, and, and work towards making those systems non-existent. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's a really broad work. Um, it's very like, heart and community focused work, uh, which is, which is abolition and transformative justice. It's all, you know, community care and, um, yeah. I, that reminds me a lot of what, um, I am actually still finishing up. We do the silly free us for tomorrow's, um, book club. And, um, I was listening to, I've been listening to it, um, on audio and um, I was listening to it yesterday, and it was talking about how, you know, some people, when they think of abolition, it's it's kind of like all or nothing. It's either like you, you get rid of all of it or you can't really do anything. And um, I, when I think about whose work and the work of bail funds, it's like, okay, we know that the future is... Um, the future that we want is one that doesn't uphold capitalism. It's not one that upholds uh, the prison industrial complex. And we're not there yet. <laughs> but the ways that we get there, the ways that we solve the problems of real people in this present moment um, is 
you know, providing for these needs that people have and um, creating kind of that community um, space in like, we're here to help you. <laughs> and uh, we want to make sure that, you know, if it means that we have to change your tire or we need to, uh, you know, help cover your bill so you can get an abortion, if that's what you want, then we will do that for you. Um, and I think that's just great and um, a real example of like, you know, what do we do in the meantime? That's a lot of what I've been thinking about um, between the two book clubs is, uh, you know, we have a lot of theory about what we want the world to look like, uh, but what do we do to, to, you know, close that gap between like where we are now and what does the future look like? We, yeah. like, we, we generally, like, we care for each other in community mm -hmm. and like, and people uh, in, in general, like you have to, there's, there's a lot of folks who like, you have to see it to believe it. Right. Um, people, and so, you know, mutual aid organizations and or and or mutual aid ish organizations and community care organizations are showing people that we can care for each other. And so this is just kind of laying a groundwork. Like, wouldn't it be great if like it wasn't a nonprofit organization that did this, but like we did this, you know, wider and bigger. Mm -hmm. Like it's a you know, we, you know, we talk about, um, you know, everybody deserves access to healthcare, right? Um, just in general, everybody deserves access to healthcare. Um, and we're showing that we can help people have access to this one and very stigmatized um, and hard to access piece of healthcare, but how we do that. And we're like getting people kind of used to that idea. And we're like trying to create uh, like something real out of this kind of vision um, to introduce it to folks and to, you know, and to show we can as a community, as communities, as a wider <laughs> culture, we can do that. We can care for each other. And um, another thing that we talked about the last time on here was uh, about this idea of like, you know, you were talking about how uh, because you can't see that future, like what, what the end product is gonna be. Like you, there, when I say you, I mean like people in general. Uh, like it's it's hard to like take the steps towards that future when you, you can't see it. Um, and and it, it all sounds like kind of utopian, like when you think about the a future without police and prisons and a future without capitalism, like it sounds very utopian. And so one thing that we talked about last time was like how uh, you know, we can have, we can both have community care where we care for each other and we don't have to rely on systems of exploitation. Um, and we're not having someone on the bottom who has to keep the machine running because um, I think what, something that's beautiful about abolition and um, just thinking about like how, um, you know, people give money to who to help give money to other people to get their abortions, um, I, you know, we're all a part of the work. Um, when people think of utopias, it's like nobody has to work, but actually the truth of the abolitionist future is that everyone is working um, so that nobody has to work too hard. And I think that's the key part for me as a, as a person of faith when I start thinking about the work that who does. Um, I am simultaneously overjoyed, you know, that this work is being done. 
And I'm really, really upset that the people who take my tax dollars aren't already doing this work. Like, mm-hmm. I would really love for for who, like you said previously, you know, to not have to exist because we got, like, the healthcare access game down so well as a culture and society that we made sure everybody got the healthcare that they need, deserve, want, and choose. And... Yet we sit here and and we're in this space where we're simultaneously doing two things, I, I, I feel. We're simultaneously working to change the reality we're in to get to the reality we want to be. And we're trying to shelter those who are being harmed in this moment from the realities of the system we currently have. So, like, it's it's kind of like, you know, holding up a collapsing wall with one hand and helping to to pull somebody up with the other. It's a very odd place for an organization and a group of people to be in because it takes tons of effort on both sides, you know? I mean, we don't do it alone, but Mm. yeah, I mean, we're holding, like we we hold up the system with really wonderful, or or our system and and hold back the crumbling wall with a lot of, with, you know, partners like Ohio RCRC and NARAL Ohio and, you know, preterm and like uh, like Ohio Women's Alliance, we do a lot of. Uh, we trust our partners to be taking care of a lot of the the wall holding because, to be honest, like the the COVID, uh, the pandemic has has really shown like how much need is really out there. Like people are people are in a really rough spot. Like our like the amount that we that people need has skyrocketed. Our, the number of calls has increased significantly, and it's not just because we're getting more known. It's because our people are really struggling to get by and don't have an extra five hundred and fifty dollars at the minimum to, uh, you know, to spend. Let alone the transportation to get there and babysitting and you know wages covered. Um, there's a lot of people living paycheck to paycheck. I mean, barely paycheck to paycheck, going into debt. I'm thinking mm-hmm. about like, you know, thinking about abolition work. It's just like in, in a society without you know debtors and mm-hmm. and and right. l- lenders or you know debt collectors. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I I always get the question when when we do joint fundraisers, right? When we do the like, you know, it's a fifty fifty day, and you know, give money to our fundraiser, and you know, we share half of it with who. I always get questions from people where they ask, like, why do you all do that? You do that a lot with all these repro orgs. Like, you're all just sharing money and you know, helping each other out, and and I laugh because it's like we we are in the same fight. Like we're. I we cannot raise money to do culture change work and at the same time not raise money to help immediate direct aid because it's all the same work, right? Like it's and and it is in a system where we exist in a culture that uses the concept of debt and the concept of you know, extra fees piled on top of extra fees to try to prevent people from making decisions that they choose, Mm -hmm. trying to prevent people from having choice. And uh, uh, until we get to a place that's different than that, yeah, we're going to be hustling for everybody Mm -hmm. in this system, right? To, to make, to make all of that work happen. Yeah. Just listening to uh, you talk, Terry, reminded me of just the 
like images of the early church and uh, caring for each other and um, you know supporting each other and I think that like that um, the one thing I, that I hate about capitalism um, is the like this idea that we don't we don't really we care for our own and like it's not thought of our community as our own as much um, another thing that like this whole conversation just makes me so upset about is like the innumerable um, barriers to access not only to abortion but like just to be able to like get by like I um, have recently been helping one of my family members through the process of like getting their first car and getting their license and all of the things that go into that and like now with the new um, compliant license you have to have like so many other pieces of documentation and you know like if you lose your birth certificate like that in itself is like fifty dollars and like fifty dollars is like for for a person like that could be like a week's worth of food like for 50 bucks like that if you're and and that's just going to a piece of paper to verify that you were indeed born <laughs> um and yeah. it's just um crazy to me to think of like all of the consistent ways that like there are barriers that you don't even think about you know having to um I, like this car process is insane like the you have to do title you have to do like inspection you have to do uh there's so many back and forths for registration insane um and and then that going back to um you know thinking about access to abortion if if somebody was like wanting to get an abortion but also needed to get a car like you have all those steps that you need to get to to get a car so you can go get an abortion um, and also you have to have like that adds you know sometimes hundreds of dollars just to get the car part and then you have to pay for the abortion on top of that and the other option is that you like decide to have a child which like that's fine but like if you're in a situation where you know paying for that abortion is difficult imagine having to pay for you know all of the fees that come with having a kid in the hospital, um, having like all of the uh, expensive that come with raising children. And that should be a choice that you make because you want to make it, not because you have to. Right. And not because, especially not because you couldn't afford to um, make a decision that would be better for you and your family. I saw a I, I saw a great rundown on the ACLU's website uh, a couple days ago. They they took an itemized list of what the cost was for a person who got a ticket for tinted windows, right? And, like, all the things that they had to go through to get this, this satisfied, like, a $120 ticket for tinted windows turned into, like, a $1,500 expense for this person. And, you know, Kelly, when you're talking through that, like, you know, one barrier that leads to another barrier that leads to, I, I, you know, for me, I can't think of a single time that a person's abortion has just been the cost of the abortion that, that we've had to, that we've had to concern ourselves with like 550 for like base rate, very, very early on, very simple cost is the cost for the procedure. Not all the stuff that gets you to the procedure. Um, and and knowing that we're in a system that has systematically and intentionally disadvantaged a large number of people 
right? People of color, women who are not in, you know, some kind of um, supportive relationship with a, a patriarchal uh, figure in their life. Like all of these things that we have decided are to be advantaged in our society and everybody else starts at a lower rung on the ladder, you got to climb that ladder before you even get a bite at the apple. And that's, that's what, you know, folk are coping with when you get this expense. It's the expense plus all of the additional stuff that, that is already not there, all the support that's not present. Yeah, and that's and those are those and you you said those are kind of like the more simple, uh, like close uh, and you know early uh, earlier abortions, right? The earliest you can get um, the you know what we're facing with a potential you know what we're facing with SCOTUS for potentially the Supreme Court um, is that everyone will have to have to go out of state. And if you, if a person has to go out of state, the it, it traveling when for is nearly impossible. Like if a person is unbanked, which a lot of folks are, because like you know they can't keep that you know that basic or like whatever like the minimum in their accounts, mm-hmm. um, and they're constantly overdrawn, um, and so any money that goes in is gone. Um, uh, because people are barely making it. And so if a person is unbanked, you know, to get a hotel room, you have to have a credit card, like a physical credit card. Um, or we have to like fax, literally fax, uh, 2021, um, <laughs> literally fax a form to the hotel, which is also kind of like stigmatizing and weird because um, the organization name has to be on it. Uh, but at least we have like some trusted hotels that we use out of state. Um, and then like, you know, when people have to, pay, if people have to pay tolls, if they're going to like DC, you can't get to DC without paying a toll pretty much, um, you know, all the gas and not, that's not even going into the, you know, lost wages for several days mm-hmm. um, or the, uh, and the childcare for se- for several days. Cause most, most most people getting abortions are parents already um so it's just like it's compounded and compounded and like finding food on the road and making sure that like it's it's a lot of money and essentially we're facing a future where that might be like how we have to fund all like abortions um because there aren't any available in the state um so this is all like why we're like working to grow and build our capacity a lot um but just the idea of of like we've we put we've uh helped people get on planes who have never been on planes before mm-hmm. and the amount of things that they need to get on planes that hasn't even gone into those uh the new licenses that you're talking mm-hmm. about Kelly. Mm-hmm. um once that goes into this does effect, a whole other thing just, yeah we've we've paid for we've we've <laughs> We've paid for it to help people get their birth certificates, mm-hmm. um, because you know if they're if people are underage, and you know they don't have their birth certificate because you know they've grown up in poverty and like people have and been very transient and they've somewhere lost, yeah. um, their parents maybe have lost their birth certificate. Um, they can't get a they can't get an abortion if they're underage without a birth certificate, proving that the parent who's or guardian who's mm-hmm. there. Um, 
is is consenting, um, then they're out of luck. Where we have to, we ended up, we end up having to send people out of state. It is, it is just maddening. And I, you know, not not to not to bring us too far back to church, but um, I I heard uh, earlier, Kelly, you mentioned, you know, one of the things you liked about uh, the concept of the early church, you know, was this sharing in common and in kind of uh, mutual aid process. When I think about this, when when you're talking about people who find it hard to travel while poor, like we have a story about that in, in Christianity, right? We, we have a story about a couple Jewish parents uh, going down to Bethlehem, right, mm-hmm. to, to give birth to a child, right? So like, you know, the concept of traveling while you have these restrictions of a government on you, that make you do things that are unnecessary in your life. Um, we have some stories that ought to give us some empathy in particularly the, the Judeo-Christian um, side of, of religious history. But I think pretty much any religious framework that you work from, we have some element of mutual aid built into the theology because mutual aid is an essential part of surviving in the world, right? Like the concept of hospitality, the particularly in, in Judaism, you know, there's this built-in idea that you take care of the stranger and you resist the system in that moment, which is, you know, it's that abolition part that, as we sit here with kind of a, a sense of despair about what the future might hold, we're still holding great hope because people are experiencing the system and rejecting it. People are experiencing the system and saying, you know what, I don't want this to be the same. I do want a change and something different in the long term. And it really doesn't matter what the politicians say. The change is going to come because the people are demanding it in this moment. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I'm just so excited to see what it looks like to move through this time and into what the future is holding. Because I, I'm here to tell you, like, youth, young adults, and folk who are accessing abortion care today are making the change that we're going to see tomorrow in how this access is available whether it's in our state or in other states across the whole of this landscape. It's remarkable to me to see how that, that is shifting in this time. Mm. Yeah. And, and uh, we're, we're almost out of time, but I, I think something about, um, you know, helping the poor and the marginalized and the people who need help um, also needs to be partnered with resisting the system. And if you're, you can, you can do one, but they work best together. And um, that's one thing that I love about Who is that uh, I feel like Who is doing both. Um, I think also or often uh, people of faith will focus so much on like helping the marginalized person in their immediate need, um, even if you're not actually helping them in the way that they need to be helped, without also resisting the system that made them need the help. So I think those two things really need to be in tandem with each other and work best together. I think those are like in together, those are building new systems, right? Like yeah. resisting a system and, and making sure that, uh, like, that we are caring for those in our community who need help is building new systems and also building new systems with 
uh, like centering those folks, right? They know what they need. We don't ask, we don't, we don't tell people what they need. People like share with us, like what their needs are. And then we work together to try to, to overcome those barriers. Um, and, you know, we're, we're learning every day about, you know, new barriers. We're learning new, new ways to like help folks because they're giving us feedback. Yeah. They're giving us like, you know, they're sharing what they need and, and we're doing, we're doing it. And, uh, and that's that, that kind of co-conspiring that kind of like building together, um, is, is vital for us to, to get past the, you know, the, the saviorism and into the, uh, you know, into the building new systems that will, that will care for us all. Yeah. So, well, yeah. Steph, it was really great talking to you um, and having this conversation for our podcast. Um, and yeah, for those who are listening, we'll be back in two weeks. Thank you so much for having me. Thank yeah. you for being here. Thank you.